I'm going to look at Psalm 100 and then Psalm 48 for sure today. Psalm 100 and Psalm 48. Psalm 100. Psalm 48. I told you last Sunday night, I feel a, what I would call a fundamental change in my spirit concerning Mag Church. Not that I've changed my fundamental belief, I've changed in my fundamental behavior. My fundamental leadership. If you wasn't here last Sunday night, take the time to go listen to it, if you would, in its entirety. Um, listen with ears, knowing that last Sunday night is in no way, shape, or form a rebuke to the church, to its leadership, or anyone else. It's the heart of direction of God and leadership for this church. It is in no way meant to demean, put down, or criticize what we've done before. None of the above. But we're at a different place today. And I know that you, there's no way to live in the past. But I also know that there are things in the Word of God that He desires for His people that He's always desired. And hear me. It's a strange place to be in when just to, just to bring the church back to a biblical position is considered radical. I'm going to say that again. It is a strange place to be in to just to bring the church back to what should be its normative, normal position is today considered radical in the church. That's a true statement. You know, in the world today, just truth is radical. I mean, it, come on, somebody. It's a radical. I don't mean to pick on it, but it's a, it's a great example. I, well, I don't mind to pick on it. It's just a radical notion today that children born, born with boy stuff are boys. <laughs> I mean, just to say that, that's, that's radical. That gender can't be separated from sex. That's where we're at. Are you hearing me? So why I think it a shock that today to just to bring the church back to the, to the Scripture is anything but... A radical notion. Hello, it's already gotten quiet. We're, not, we're here to talk about thanksgiving and praise and worship today. That it should be the normal experience for the church and for the people of God and not just on Sunday. That we should live a lifestyle of thanksgiving, a lifestyle of praise that is a lifestyle of worship. And it should be reflected on Sunday morning when you walk in the door. We should be ready to lift up the King of Kings 
from the, from the, from the, from the, from the moment you walk in. That is the normal biblical experience. Not a radical notion. I'm going to say again what I said earlier. Then we're going to talk about it. And I'll probably say it again later. If you want the presence of God in your life, there is a biblical standard to achieve it. There's not everything that God has a formula for. He wants you, he, we are to seek his plan for our life every day. Hear me. But there are some things that are standard, built in, standard equipment, not optional. You got cars today with all kinds of options. I remember back whenever, if you had power windows, that was optional equipment. Some of you have never cranked a window down. But you know what comes in every vehicle is an engine that requires fuel, that's sitting on wheels, that compels it to move you from point A to point B. Now I'm going to tell you, without the engine and without the fuel and without the wheels, you are not going from point A to point B. You can have a beautiful shell of an automobile and it never move off of the lot. If it doesn't have, it can have an engine and no fuel, it's not going anywhere. It can have an engine and fuel and no wheels. Guess what? Still not going nowhere. It can be a $2,500 jalopy. I remember when that would buy you a car. <laughs> or it can be a, a quarter million dollar whatever it is people drive for a quarter million dollars these days <laughs> and they do <laughs> you know that kind of would serve an example in the church too if, it, if you got wheels if you got an engine you got fuel and you got wheels it'll take you from point A to point B no matter your social status or your economic condition I didn't mean to go there, but why we're there? Because you know what? He's the same God to all of us. And he deserves the same praise from all of us. And, uh, and contrary to the idea of American Christianity has become, has become that God did not come to make everybody rich. He just didn't. As a matter of fact, he came to destroy those lines. He's the same Savior, the same God from, from the guttermost to the uttermost. He, he's the same God. Come on, somebody. And I'm talking about the church coming back to just the Bible. Oh, I'm going to read in just a second, but I might as well introduce a few more thoughts. I mentioned it in the music a while ago, but the things that bring God's presence in and bring you into the presence of God has nothing to do with your personality. Boy, I lost 75% of you just then. Because we got this idea that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, I'm timid. So am I, believe it or not. Oh, there are some of you don't know. Heather's even looking at it. They're saying, I, I, I was so oppressed 
for 32 years of my life that I couldn't even raise a hand in praise. That's the truth. That's the truth. I've always loved the things of God. I've always loved it going on around me. But in my life, have you ever met me? I'm pretty external. I'm pretty type A. Had a preacher's wife last week tell me, that's what happens when two alphas get thrown in the cage. She was talking to me. She, ca she called me an alpha, a type A, extroverted. Have you met me? Was that, is that a fair assessment? So oppressed by pride and fear that I couldn't find the courage to lift a single hand to God almost never. I don't find any personality types in the Word of God. I just find the human condition and a magnificent God that's worth, worth, that deserves every praise that he can have. I come right up front. I'm going to dispel some notions. Listen, you may not praise the way I praise, but you will praise. You should praise. You say, I didn't, I, some of you think, I, I, oh, here it goes. It's one of those kind of churches. Yes. Yes, that is the intention. It'll be one of those kind of churches. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. As much as depends on me, it will be one of those kind of churches. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, and you're one or the other. <laughs> Boy, that's radical. It doesn't matter if you got money to burn or, you're, or you don't know how you're going to eat tomorrow. It don't matter if you're in somebody's face or you barely have the courage to lift up and look somebody in the eye. You get to God the same way. You get to God the same way. This gospel is, is not distinct. God is, listen, he even told us, listen, he is no respecter of persons. He, has, he does not have multiple ways to him and for, and for you to come to him. We all come through the blood of Jesus by grace through faith. And whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether, whether you're outgoing or barely go out, I know those people too. He's the same magnificent God that deserves the same praise and he's going to get it. The biblical way to God is not a fad. It's not trendy. Listen to me. It's not denominational. I say it every time I pass it. If I could wipe the names off of every door in, in the world that had the denomination's name on it, I would do it. You know why? Because it blocks people from getting to the truth of God's Word. I am a so-and-so. I am a so-and-so. You know what I am? I am a Bible-believing child of God, and every word that is in the book is mine. Every word, we used to sing that when I was a kid. 
Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. That's who I am. I said it in the political realm because, because people go stupid when they join a group. We, the group that we are is the body of Christ. The group that I belong to is the body of Christ. When people join groups, their group becomes idolatrous. It's what happens. You know what, Jeff? I don't worship the assemblies of God. Nor the credential they put in my pocket. I worship the King of Kings and I worship the Lord of Lords. I'm not beholding to a political party. But there is right and there is wrong. And I'm telling you, if they would take the D's and the R's off of these morons' name, that people all across this land would be able to see very clearly what was right and what was wrong if you were a child of God. But when you've made an idol out of a political party, you, you cannot see what is true because you're looking to politics rather than the king for what's true. I'm going to tell you what is true. Thy word is truth. Somebody didn't hear me. The word, thy word is truth. You know who's the word? Jesus is the word. You know how I know? Because in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And everything was made by him. And without him nothing was made that was made. And I know that that word, you see that Jesus is the truth. And then he goes and declares in John that I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He said, you shall know the truth. That's him, his word, who he is, what he's done. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And by the way, whom the Son has set free, because he's the truth, is free indeed. It's for you. It's for you. The word's for you, no matter who you are. It's for you. Yes, that kind of church. <laughs> that kind of church. There's not formulas for how to build a church, believe it or not, other than the Word of God. You know how to build a church? Pray for the plan. I remember when they interviewed me here. What's your plan for evangelism? I don't have one. Well, what are we going to do? We're going to pray for the plan. And when he gives us the plan, we're going to obey the plan. We're not going to plan and then pray over our plan. There's a difference. Do you hear me? There's a difference between planning. That's what's wrong with the church. We come up with every scheme there is to scheme. Every ism there is to is. Every, every scam there is to, to scam. And lots of them are just that, scams. Pray, you don't plan and then pray, huh, we're going to do this. God, would you bless that? How about say, God, I love that. I preached it here one back. God, I don't know what to do. But my eyes are on you. Remember when Joshua didn't know how to fight, he could take down Jericho. When he thought he knew how to fight, he couldn't get past Ai. You know why? He didn't inquire of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Wow. In all your ways. Somebody say all. Y'all remember when I looked up all? I, I, most of y'all remember. I looked up all. I looked it up in English. I looked it up in 
Greek. I looked it up in Hebrew. Guess what? All means. All means all. All encompassing. Nothing left out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All of it. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. Amazing. <laughs> no, it's not a radical notion. <laughs> yes. What a thought. I like it. There's a way to God. Did you know it? Let me, let me just lay a little more groundwork. Did you know if the scripture says something, it's the word of God. Boy, there's revelation. Well, I mean, I guess that could be a problem for some people, but I still believe that all scripture is inspired. <laughs> and it's still profitable for doctrine and for reproof for instruction in righteousness i still believe that so if there's a scripture it's the word of god if god says it once it's his word if god says it twice it's important if god says it three times it's doctrine what if god says it 73 times somewhere in the Word of God, at least 73 times, He tells us to be thankful to who He is. If once this is the Word of God, twice is important, three times is doctrine, what is 73 times? A mandate. I quit counting on praise the Lord. Matt, I quit counting at 375 times that the Word had said, praise the Lord. Church, i got a question. Is it, should it be abnormal for the people of God to praise the Lord? If one time is his word, two times is important, three times is doctrine, 73 times is a mandate, what is hundreds of times? Praise the Lord. I will bless the, bless the Lord means the same thing. I will bless the Lord. When? At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That means good day, bad day. When it all went right, when nothing went right, bless the Lord. Why? Because His mercy endures forever. Oh, Psalm 100, let's just go ahead and take a text. Make a joyful sound. To the Lord, all your lands. By the way, that may, the lands is not the real estate. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all your lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Why do we sing at the beginning of a service? Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. Hey, gentlemen that are out there thinking you're a self-made man, you can't even walk. You don't, you don't have guarantee of the next breath in your lungs. 
And Job, the Lord said to Job, he says, If I withdrew my spirit and my breath, that all of creation would, if I withdrew my spirit and my breath, that all of creation would die together instantly. It is he who made us, not of ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know what? I'm his and it all belongs to him. Here's how you get there. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And in his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. And his mercy is everlasting. And his truth. <laughs> Boy. I need to take that little line and save it for later. Because I hear that all. Well, that's just your truth. You ever hear that? Well, that's just your truth. I got news for you. I don't have a truth. And you don't have a truth. That's what you hear this all around us. Well, that's just your truth. Well, this is my truth. I got news for you. Truth doesn't belong to me or you. You don't have a truth. When you talk like that, that's the book of Judges. When over and over and over, it says, and the people done what was right in their own eyes. And his truth endures for all generations. Boy, before I even preach there a second, I ain't going to. I just want you to read it again. And his truth endures. It will last. It's going to make it. How long? All generations. I've said it many times. My little millennial friends and Z friends and I think Alpha friends now, they're starting all over. Your generation is not special. Oh, I don't mean you're not special in the eyes of the Lord and your mama. Because you are. But the church has bought the notion. I, I'm going to preach here in any second now. The church has bought the notion that we can't reach this generation the same way we've reached every other generation. And I'm going to tell you that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Because it's his truth. And his truth endures for all generations. Why? Because forever. See, his truth is his word, and his word is his truth. Forever. Somebody say it. Thy word is settled in heaven. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. Psalm 48, first verse says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. There, it's the activities of the human spirit. Listen to me. Thanksgiving. That is to acknowledge God's goodness. Come on. Thanksgiving is to acknowledge his goodness. Praise 
is to acknowledge his greatness. It's the appropriate response to his awe-inspiring majesty. Worship is to acknowledge God's holiness. Thankfulness is his goodness, to acknowledge his goodness. Praise is to acknowledge his greatness. Worship is to acknowledge his holiness. You will never, listen to me church, we've called music worship for a long time now. And while we can, we can worship in music and should. Brandon, your keys ought to be an instrument of your worship to God. We've called, we've called music worship for a long, long time. And if, but if worship is the only, the only time we worship is whenever we sing on Sunday mornings, we've missed the point. You know what? I'm going to worship in the morning. And I'm going to worship in the evening. And I'm going to worship all day long. Why? Because it's holy. A lot of confusion. There's a praise. What is, what is praise? It, it connotes a genuine appreciation for the great actions or the character of its object. Hey, go, go, go do something. Go, go take care of a big need at work. And guess what you're probably going to get? Praise from your boss. Praise from your coworkers. Do you know what that's what it is? Do you even Good job. Attaboy. Where y'all at? Praise is the genuine appreciation for the great actions or the character of its object. Especially the adoration and thanksgiving that the human being renders to God himself. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. The psalmist said this. Some versions translate it that he inhabits. Some versions translate it that he indwells or he's, he's enthroned on the praises of Israel. Y'all ever heard that? That God is enthroned on the praises of Israel. I've heard all of my life that God dwells in the praises of his people. Which is it? I looked all of it up. I'm laying some groundwork. They're both correct. It's a matter of translation. Why do we praise him? Because he's God. That's the first reason and the best reason why we praise him. Because he deserves it. Every praise. Every praise. The songwriter, oh, that's right. oh for a thousand tongues to sing. We sing about needing a thousand tongues, but have a hang up about using the one we've got. The greatest 
function that your tongue and your mouth was created for was to praise God. Oh. I'm laying the scripture groundwork for what I'm talking about, church. What we have to be. No, because I'm answering, in fact, I'm answering questions this morning that are said and unsaid. I preached, I don't know, years ago, it's on tape somewhere, about is all, the title of the message was, is all of that really necessary? Is all of that really necessary? What is that? That, that, all that rumbling drum and beating bass and, and all of that high keys and all that, all that screaming organ and, and all, that, all those songs and all that clapping. Give him a shout of praise. Give him a hand clap of praise. Maybe, maybe like last week somebody runs for a minute. Maybe somebody dances for just a second. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about people showing out. I'm talking about a, 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 a high praise to the King of Kings that brings them to a place of worship. Is all of that really necessary? And the answer, according to Scripture, is absolutely 100% yes. All of that is really necessary. God, listen to me. God never intended for church to be an audience stage-driven presentation where there's people on stage and there's people sitting in a seat looking at them. He never, it was never, ever His intention. It was never his intention. This word is written for the entirety of the body of Christ, not for musicians and preachers. Is all that really necessary? The answer is yes. All of that is really necessary. Why? Well, let me address a few things first. I, I, I may address this for weeks. I'm not sure yet. And I'm even halfway skipping thankfulness for today. But let me tell you something about, when, has anybody ever been real thrilled with your children or anybody else when you've done and 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 you've done? Has any, can I may ask you a different question. Anybody ever done and 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 done? Just me and Rhonda. For your kids and your grandkids, for your friends, you've done and you've done and you've done, and you've done, and you've done, and you've done, and and you're happy to do, and to do, and to do. I'm happy to do. Until the very second that they're ungrateful. That they're no longer thankful. When it becomes an expectation. When it becomes a demand. There's been a lot of church making demands on God for a long time. And they forget. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. It says, and then the peace of God how many ever needs the peace of God? Amen. Then and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Anybody ever thought, I'm about to lose my mind? And my heart's about to drive me crazy because you're about to lose your mind. Well, I can tell you I've been there. 
And I, can, I ain't even going to point to him who makes me want to lose my mind sometimes. <laughs> Y'all are thinking about my kids and you don't know it might have been you. <laughs> Somebody asked me what I get to, I, that must be fun getting paid to preach. I said, listen, people, I preach for free. I get paid to put up with you. <laughs> Thankfully, y'all are not that hard to handle. Y'all are pretty good, mostly. <laughs> mostly. How does ever need the peace of God to guard your heart and mind? I gotta hurry. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. I think he's telling us don't come to a God begging that you're not thankful to. Boy, that, I need to get some sound effects back there in that booth. Because that one should have flew like a missile. I'm going to get me some sound effects. I got a little thing I'm going to queue up to. I'm going to have it on queue. It's going to be clip one. I was at over in Baton Rouge all week last week and I was Wednesday night I was on the the Wednesday night panel on, on at the service and didn't have much didn't get much room to say much until at the very end and I said a little something and Brother Swagger said turned around to me on national world television <laughs> international television and he says well I can tell you one thing your church is very privileged to have you as a pastor I thought clip one Clip one. When it gets tight in the room and you can, all the oxygen is sucked out of this place over something, I'm going to say, clip one, guys. <laughs> humble, yourself, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. <laughs> God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. <laughs> thankful you're not going to get to him without thankfulness go in Romans 1 when it talks about the, the downward slide into, into a debased mind into depravity and it says and their foolish hearts were darkened for they did not acknowledge God and it says and neither were they thankful you're not getting in with an ungrateful Unthankful heart. I want in his presence. I want in his presence. I don't want to come to church and go through the motions. I'm not going to go to church and go through the motions. About a month ago, I stood here at 10 till 12 and said, if this doesn't change, we're going to finish this song Say if, or at 10 to 11, we're going to finish this song, we're going to say a closing prayer, and we're going to go eat. And you have no idea how serious I was. I am not going to do church and go through the motions. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I'm telling you, it's a, point, it's a turning point. When you get into the presence of God, I'm not talking about goosebumps, and you may have them. Y'all, I'm not talking about charismatic mania. But sometimes it happens. And it's God. 
I'm not talking about fleshy displays. I'll shut that down. I'm talking about in its presence, its fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I'm talking about how to get to him. Are you hearing me? Church, you're not going to come in and go through a motion and sit on your hands and have God come and manifest his presence in your life. It will never happen. You say, you still believe all that stuff? I, the day I don't believe all that stuff is the day that I will go get a job that pays much more than this one. Yeah. That's the day it'll happen. The day I'll not, I didn't, I didn't come so I'd have a place to talk. I come because I believe that there's still a king of kings, that there's still a God that's still holy, that, there are still, that there's people that still need him, that, that he still changes lives. We're in a world that we're more addicted than we've ever been before. We're in a world that we're more depressed, more oppressed, and more every other kind of pressed. They're just pressed than we've ever been before. And the day I quit believing that God is the answer, that Jesus is the answer, is the day I step down and walk away. But he's the answer. And there's a way to get to him. And yes, all that is needed. If you can't be thankful, he's not going to do anything for you any more than you would. Hear me. And he's worthy. There's not, there's not enough praise that you could generate. Hear me. Because I'm, I'm dealing with some fundamental misunderstandings on a few things this morning because people don't think that they can be told to do this. I just don't feel like it. Nobody cares if you feel like it. God didn't ask you if you felt like it. Hear me, that's a strong statement. God has never asked you if you felt like it. He is still God and He is still holy and He is still worthy and I should still be thankful on the day that I don't feel like it. Why do you think he called it a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips? He's not asking you to give a pint of blood, much less to die. He's asking you to praise him. Why? Because he deserves it. But I don't feel like it. So what? Do it anyway. I felt like sleeping till 11 today. My body won't let me do that anymore, but I felt like it. I'm trying to help somebody. Some, I, it was pretty good earlier. Now, now I'm preaching better than you're amening. I don't feel like it. Already addressed. It's not my personality. God didn't ask. You were created. God created mankind. For fellowship with him we're not we're here for his good pleasure not ours I, I think we have a fundamental misunderstanding of who we are and who he is I'm not demonstrative Scott I can talk to you because you'll just let me every person I've ever heard tell me they wasn't demonstrative and I've been to a ball game with them There are people in this room 
as quiet as a church mouse, and you put them on a ball field, and they'll... <laughs> Say, why do you keep going to that? Because that's what we do. I'm just letting that cook. <laughs> letting it simmer. Letting us think about it. Listen, I'm a Razorback fan, and you've got to be tough to be a Razorback fan. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. But you know what? I love them when they're good. I love them when they're bad. I've been to ball games knowing that Alabama was going to stomp a mud hole right in the middle of our back. <laughs> you know what they do? They do bum 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 bum. You know what I do? I come to my feet and I say, "It." You know what I do? If I remember the opening line, I'll tell you what I did. <laughs> hit that line, hit that line, keep on fighting. And push that ball right down the field. Give a cheer. Woo, big, never fear. Woo, big, Arkansas will never yield. On your toes, raise your backs to the finish. We'll carry on with all our might. That's what I do. You know what? Knowing that they're going to stomp a mud hole in us. <laughs> then they'll come out on that field at that pregame service, and they'll go, bum, ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum, bum, 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 And the crowd goes, wow, to his feet. 80, people, they're committed. 80,000 people are coming about tearing that stadium down, knowing they're going to get a mud hole stomped in them. <laughs> and they go, bum, ba-da-dum, bum, 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 Woo, pig. Ba-da-dum, 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 bum, bum. Is that right? I'm, I'm, I'm committed. <laughs> committed. That's another Arkansas! First down. That's my chair. That reason they forgot is they hadn't heard it in a while. <laughs> and then they'll go. Mm, 80,000 of them. Oh, the other 40,000 outside the stadium, you can hear it all over the hills and the hollers. And them conservative people yank that shirt off, half of them. Like they've been looking dumb enough. They'll be out there 20 degrees with however many's in Arkansas, painted red and bare shirt and freezing to death. And you know what they'll do? Ooh. Hey! Say! Ooh. Pig! Say! You know what they'll do one more time? Ooh. Actually, Ooh. Pig! Say! Raise your back! What am I talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm not going to give a, a sinking hog that loses too often in a pigskin more praise than I'll give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm talking about how you will say, well, I'm just not that demonstrative. But I'm sitting you on the sidelines. 
I've seen you on the side. I've seen you on the sidelines at a peewee game. But you walk into the church house and you go. You give him a praise. No, you ought to get up and you ought to give him a praise. Well, Pastor, I just don't know if all that's necessary. <laughs> you know what happens? I just want to stick with the ball game a minute because I've been to lots of them. And I'm, just for the sake of y'all still listening to me because I talk about the last few years are not indicative of our program that, you know, most of the time I went, it was pretty fun. And sometimes you could be down and supposed to be losing. And then all of a sudden, they're driving, and they're driving, and they're driving. They weren't supposed to be beating LSU when they were number one in the country. And we were about to fire our coach, but they were driving, and they were driving. Then all of a sudden, something would happen. they go, You know what was happening? The atmosphere was changing. You know what was happening? The momentum was shifting. We get, you know what I said all that for? Some reason the world gets it on the ball field. They ain't ashamed of it. Not the least bit embarrassed about it. They paid, they paid 10 grand or more for those season tickets. Rain or shine, I have sat in Razorback Stadium with a tornado warning bearing down on Fayetteville. In the driving rain, I've sat up there when it was, oh, remember, oh, when, the, when the wind was so cold. How cold? You can throw up something in the air and the wind would catch it and just take it all the way around the stadium. Be 20 degrees and the wind blowing out of the north. And you know what we'd do? <laughs> supposed to start freezing rain before y'all can get out of town. I don't matter. I'm going. Are y'all even hearing me right now? Well, I'm just not that way. I wonder if that interprets the same in every language. <laughs> Is all that really necessary? Yeah. You know why? You ain't getting to him if you're not thankful. You ain't walking in without a praise on your lips. But when you do, he said that I'll be enthroned on the praises of my people. He says, I'll come dwell among the praises of my people. How do I know? Because he done told you that those, those praises, the sacrifice of your lips, he says, will be a sweet smelling aroma. In my, he can't resist it. 
You know what it is? You know what it is? Do you know what it is? Because see, you know what it is in the ball field when you don't mind, but in the church house you can't muster it. Because in the ball field it's, it's all about the world and it's just fine. And in the church house it becomes about burning flesh. It becomes about foolish pride. It becomes, what about, what about my family think? Can I ask that? You ever, well, what will my family think? What will my kids think? What my... Am I making that up? Or is that what happens? Am I making that up or is that what happens? I'm going to tell you, they'll think a whole, they may think you're crazy. But whenever, but whenever you, when you've touched God, whenever you begin to walk in Him, when you begin to be not only a, a thankful person and a, and a praiser, because you're, by the way, you're never going to be a worshiper if you're not a praiser. I got news for you. You may, you may have goosebumps at a tune. You may have, you may have a song that makes you cry. Are you hearing me? That's not worship. That's your emotions. God, praise will bring you to a place. It, it'll touch your mind and your will and your emotions that bring your mind, will, and emotions to a place that God can deal with your spirit. But if God never deals with your spirit, all you've been is emotional. You, it may, you may have something that makes you want to tap your foot. George Jones can make you want to tap your foot. You may have something that wants you, makes you want to cry. Hank Williams can make you want to cry. You may have something that gives you goosebumps. Listen to Aretha Franklin singing at the Kennedy Center. It'll make you have goosebumps. And you know what? You hadn't worshipped. You haven't worshipped. But when you become a worshiper, all those people that think you're crazy, because, see, you've got to start working in your life. You've got to start doing things in your life. And, then, and all those people that thought you were nuts, well, when something's going on in their life, they'll come and say, Hey, you think you could, you think you could pray for me? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? You're worried about what they're going to think about you because you may shout a little, but you weren't worried about you weren't worried about what they thought about you when you were in the police car, when you were living for the world. You weren't worried about what they were thinking about you when you're in rehab for the 16th time. Somebody, somebody right here today, I'm telling you, I'm, I want to tell somebody in this house and watching my live stream that you've tried everything in the world and it has failed you. Why don't you one time try God? Try God. Let me tell you, why don't you one time just try God? Because I can tell you, if you'll try God, He's never failed anybody. I can tell you, if I, I'm not talking about religion. Church, while I'm on it, church, while I'm on it, I've been telling you that my job is not, uh, my, it's not my job to evangelize, to evangelize the Golden Triangle anymore than it's your job. My job is to equip you to evangelize the Golden Triangle. I'm one of you, I, it's, uh, my responsibility is the same as yours, but my job is not to evangelize this Golden Triangle, it's to equip you. And I'm going to tell you something, let me hear, hear, hear me, church, this is good stuff. Hear me, church, stop inviting people to church. Stop it. Stop inviting people to church. Invite them to Jesus. Amen. Right. If I had a mic, I'd drop it. Amen. No, because I'm telling you, quit inviting them to church. Lead them to Jesus. You. 
You do it. You do it. And you know what? When you lead them to Jesus, they'll come to church. They'll do it. You want to shake it? You want to turn this thing upside down? You want to see, you want to see the hand of God move? Start being thankful for who he is. You want to see the hand of God move? Start praising him because that's how you get through. That's how you get through the gates. The other psalm says that, that all the gates were bound by thankful by praise. You ain't getting in. But when you get into his presence, there's no telling what might happen. Is all that necessary? It's absolutely necessary. Yeah. This is just bringing a church home. This isn't somebody that, oh, holy rope. This has nothing to do with stereotypes, denominations, nothing. This is the book. And this is how things change. This is how things change. When you come to God, hear me. This, I've been kind of talking about corporate this morning, but I'm going to close out with this. Brandon, you can come back. As an individual, in your personal prayer time, and you should have personal prayer time. I've told you a few weeks ago that you have all this armor. Prayer's not your armor. Prayer's not even your weapon. Prayer's the fight. Prayer's the battle. If, you, if you're not praying, you're not even fighting. Both of you. You're armored. You look good. That shiny, unchinked armor means nothing. You can have just the right armor and just the right weapon, but if you're not in the battle, nothing's going to change. Prayer is the battlefield. Prayer is where prayer is the battle, and prayer is where the victory is won. In your personal prayer life, you want to see a change in your family, you learn to pray. What do I pray about? Absolutely everything. Everything. Some of you ought to have prayed about that hair color and you didn't. You say, why would you say that? Because it's true. I'm not, be, I'm not being mean. I'm talking about what should you pray for? Everything. Everything. How do I pray? First of all, you come in with thanksgiving. In the name of Jesus, by the way. Because that's how you get to boldly walk into the throne of grace and obtain mercy. Through the name of Jesus. You come in with, Father, in the name of Jesus. That's how you're getting in. Today I'm thankful. See, thankful is for what God's, he's for his goodness, what he's already done. God, I'm thankful to see another day. God, I'm thankful that you made a way back, that you made a way back, made a way when there was no way. Are you hearing me? God, I praise you for your mighty power. I lift you up and exalt your name above every name.
I'm talking about your words. I'm talking about you come in thankful. And you come in in awe and praise of who he is. And what will happen is you'll end up in a place of worship. Well, if he, is in the old, if he is in the old covenant, you'd end up between the wings of the cherubim. You'd end up in the holy of holies. You, and then you say, God, I need you. And you can intercede for someone else, maybe your friend. Or you can, you can make a petition for your own need. You can make supplication, which is literally just a begging. You can knock and seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. Are you hearing me? That's how you get in. Then at the end, you know what you can do again? You can thank him in advance for what he's about to do. Because if I ask anything according to his will, I know he hears me. And if I know he hears me, then I know I have what I have asked for. Go ahead and thank him. Are you hearing me, church? Mag Church, that's a made-up mind. We are going to be a praising church and a thankful church. You say, if you're wondering if it's going to be like that, if this is what it's going to be about, the answer is yes. That's what it's going to be about because that's how you come in. You know what? I've been in this thing a long time, and every time, anywhere I've ever been in my whole life, that it was a church that was a thankful church and a praising church, it became a powerful church. And that powerful church became a growing church, and they saw miracles, signs, and wonders because these, these signs shall follow them that believe. Who confirm his word with signs following. Church, have you heard me today? Have you heard the heart of God today? Do you understand? Do we understand that it's a game changer? Do we understand that? Yes. And what do we understand that it's not radical? It's just normal. Oh, it may not be the norm in America. I'm talking about it's just normal. It's just normal. It's just what he's asked us to do. Did you hear me say it's what he's asked us to do? In fact, he's commanded us to do it. And I'll remind you that obedience is the highest form of worship. Stand with me all over this place. Stand with me all over this place. Father, I'm thankful for your presence this morning. Thankful for your spirit in this house. Thankful that you touch us and lead us and guide us day by day. Lord, I praise you for who you are, for your magnificent works. Lord, I praise you this morning in your house. Lord, today we ask that you, be, that you would touch us with just the, begin, just the beginning notes of your presence for a harvest of souls. Church, look up, 
lift up your eyes. Don't say it's four months until the harvest. Say, lift up your eyes, for the fields are white. Fields are white. Invite them to Jesus. Invite them to Jesus. This is the beginning. Mag is just now entering this season of harvest. It's found foundations for four years. It's just now the beginning of us that we're, we're entering a season of harvest. I, sh- I promise you, when we begin to praise him and lift him up, everything will change. If you're here today, and maybe for the first time you realize that you're lost and in need of a Savior, heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this house. You're here and maybe for the first time, or maybe not the first time, you realize that you're lost and in need of a Savior. And you want to know this God that redeems and sets free and makes and makes and changes your life. Is that you today? Would you just lift your hand right up and right down quickly? Quickly. Is that you today? We're, we're not going to pass it without giving you the opportunity. Are you here today? Just a few more seconds. We're not going to pass the opportunity. Okay, church. All across this place, if you say, I'm going to be a praiser. I'm going to be a thankful heart. This is not to me. This is to him. Listen to me. I'm going to be a, you can, I'm going to be a thankful heart. Maybe you even need to repent of your thanklessness and your lack of praise. I've had to. They say, God, I'm sorry. That's okay. You know what, God, a broken and contrite spirit, God, he can't can't resist that. And repentance is God's command. It's okay to repent. In fact, it's a good thing. Repentance is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Lord, I'm sorry. And from this day forward, I will be a praiser, thankful and a praiser. Is that you? Is that you? Is that you, church? Is that you? Is that from this day forward, I will be a praiser. And I'll offer my, my whole being to who you are. And I'll live, my life will be a demonstration of praise to you. And I'll walk in worship. If that's you today, tell him. Just tell him. I'll look, I'll use your own voice, your own words. Just tell him. Play. Just tell him. Look at me all across this place. I need to tell you. There's something I didn't tell you. There's something I didn't tell you. We're going to leave in just a second. Have y'all figured out that we're at least a 1230 church? I always want to say that so we can relieve minds and stresses. I'm not on a time clock, but some people are, and we're never in a hurry. Listen to me. There's something you've got to hear. There's something you've got to hear. Worship can be a lot of things, but praise is never silent. Praise is never silent. There's no such thing as silent praise. There's no such thing as silent praise. It does not exist. Praise is never silent. Go read the Psalms. Hey, spend some time in the Psalms the next few weeks. Find out. Find out about praise. And praise is never silent. It's impossible to praise Him without a noise. That's why we say give Him a shout of praise. That's why we say, give him a hand clap of praise. That's why we say, lift your voice and give him a praise. Praise is never silent. 
but praise is powerful. I'm going to praise you from now on. And Mag Church, why don't you give him a praise this morning? Why don't you give him a praise this morning? Why don't you give him your best praise this morning? Why don't you give him your best praise this morning? He said it's the it's the it's the fruit of your lips. It's a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. It's the fruit of your lips. It's the fruit of your lips. Lord, I praise you.